host Hayden Williams here and I'm back with another episode of the Man in the Mirror podcast. It's the place where each week I talk to a male guest and we talk self-care, self-image, grooming, entrepreneurship and I have a sneaky peek around their bathroom cabinet and find out some of the key items in their morning and evening routines. This week, it was another face-to-face, which was amazing. So I went into central London to a very nice hotel and met up with the founder and creative director of Australian fine fragrance brand Goldfield & Banks. That's Dimitri Weber. Now, I'd seen Dimitri before on a sort of virtual launch Zoom thing, but we'd never met in person before, and he was absolutely delightful, telling me about his role, about how it all happened, how he moved to Australia from France. He has a long history in the fragrance industry. Goldfield & Banks, if you don't know it, is Australia's first fine fragrance brand, taking its name from the beautiful landscape of Australia with Goldfield and Australia's first botanist, who was Joseph Banks in the 18th century. So he combined those and created this brand absolutely forging new ground in Australia. There wasn't anything like this before, so we talk about that. And we talk about, obviously, some of the um, the fantastic fragrances that Goldfin and Banks have in their range, including things like Pacific Rock Moss, Bohemian Lime and Sunset Hour. So I think you're going to enjoy this chat. I certainly really loved chatting to Dimitri. So here he is, Dimitri Weber, the founder and creative director of Goldfield and Banks on the Man Moon Podcast. Here we go. Hello, it's Man in the Mirror and it's Hayden Williams here. And this time I've come out of the studio and I'm in a London hotel. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Dimitri Weber. Hi, Dimitri, how are you? Good morning, Hayden. I'm good. Thank you so much for making time this morning in your busy schedule to talk to me at Man in the Mirror. Now, I know you've come across from Australia and you're, I guess you're here in Europe doing some visits and some PR and... Mainly press appointments, yes. Happy to be back though in Europe. Yeah. Even though it's summer in Sydney, I mean, I'm happy to be back in Europe. When were you last here? October. Okay. So not not too long ago. Not too long ago. Goldfield Banks is a, a beautiful brand. And I'd love to find out, first of all, about your relationship with fragrance. It's always fascinating to me with brand founders. You know, how did you get involved in fragrance? Was it a childhood thing? It was definitely a childhood thing. I think when I can, I can remember when at the age of six, I started choosing my mom's fragrances. She was asking me already for my opinion. And then at the later stage, when I was about nine or 10 years old, teachers at school were asking me for some advice on fragrances and we were swapping little samples, you know, those little How? tiny little samples. And I remember back then it was so valuable, like having one little sample of Chanel or, or Guerlain, whatever. It was like, it was heaven. It was a treasure. It was, yeah, it was worth much more than gold in my opinion. And, and that's when I, I recall being very passionate about perfumes. And did your mum have an incredible was she interested? Was that was that the spark? Yeah. Did she have a good collection? She wasn't. She wasn't much of a of a collector. She just had a few good fragrances. Like there was um, um, Nina Ricci, um, Nina by Nina Ricci, yeah. and she had Anaisa Anaisa. She had Diorissimo, you know, mm. classic classic fragrances yeah. now. But but those fragrances they are in my my olfactive memory for forever. So I will and Paris by Yves Saint Laurent. Ah, okay, by. But it's interesting that you were drawn to 
the olfactive sense, you know, I mean, I'm sure you, you're, you're a creative person, so all, mm -hmm. all the senses are, are important, but why do you think it was smell and fragrance? What, what do you think it was that drew you to that world, maybe? I don't know. I think it was the whole, the beauty behind it, the mm. creativity, the luxe, the real luxury from yeah. back in, you know, the 70s and yeah, 80s. Yeah. The opulence, the ad campaigns were very creative from what I can remember back in, in, in the early 80s. It was all that. It was a dream. It was all the mystique mm. and the perfume world. And there were only a handful of, of brands yeah. back then. I mean, obviously it wasn't like today. Um, but I think all of that made me dream of this fragrance world, fashion industry, the designers being involved in creating their fragrances. And, you know, it was Dior, it was YSL, it was Chanel, it was, you know, Rochas and brands like that. All of that. And I still remember, and I think I still have a magazine, one of those old beauty magazines that was linked to a perfumery company. I was fascinated by that. And always, I've always been, always. Mm. Even today, I'm still very passionate about perfumes. And you grew up in Belgium, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in sort of half-half. My first first period of my life, I grew up in France and then Belgium. My father is French. My mom is from Antwerp in Belgium. And so I grew up in Belgium. I went to boarding school in Belgium yeah. for many years. Yeah. And what was what was childhood like? I mean, those those interests that you had in, in fragrance and beauty, I mean, were you able to, did you see yourself on on that kind of path? Was it very clear to you or did that come Not at all. Point? Not at all. No, I, I saw myself as working in, in fashion or being a dancer. I did always you? wanted to become a dancer. Were you skilled? Were you... Ballet? I think I was skilled. Yeah, I was... I had a really right posture and... and now you say it, I can, my I can see this. father was always saying that I should... Yeah, I, he called me like a horse, like I was really like straight. You meant, you meant it as a compliment, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, like a horse in the sense that I was lean and, yeah, a very proud animal. And yeah. anyway, so, but I wanted to become a dancer. But, you know, in the family, people were like, no, crazy. Were you good enough? Were you, were you someone that, you know, practiced a lot and was in dance yeah. I just school? very connected. It's like two days ago, I even, I went with a colleague of mine and we went to the Moulin Rouge in Paris. I'll teach you. Seeing all these dancers and the way they were moving and the acrobats. And I thought that that could have been me. And yeah. because that's what I wanted yeah. to do when I was very, very young. I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd all love to go there. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. I absolutely recommend you to do it. Yeah. It's a fabulous show. You know, a, a, last week, it was my wife's birthday and we went to, there's a show in the West End Cabaret, mm. but they've recreated the Kit Kat Club from 1920s wow. Germany. So the whole experience, this really immersive experience where... They encourage you to go to the theatre early, so it was you know, an hour before. Amazing. But in the bars and all the communal areas, there's performers, there's musicians. They give you a shot of some sort of alcohol as you go in. Quite a small theatre in the round. And, you know, the dancing was, was all that kind of Fosse-style dancing was incredible. And so, uh, yeah, and are people dressed? Were they dressed up? Well, uh, not so much in the audience. I mean, it was a West End show, but mm. the, the the costume style was very was of the time it was twenty seven. Yeah, I just and yeah, all that that guy very reminiscent of all of that. I think. Yeah, yeah. But you're obviously someone that enjoys the creative arts anyway, <laughs> yes. right? Colors and lots of yeah, yeah. It makes me dream. It makes me come alive. I think, and yeah. I mean, we don't have all that. I mean, of course, we have a lot of shows in Australia, but. I never have the time mm. to actually go and 
check out some shows and theatres in, in Australia because I'm working back to back. Yeah. I'm going to bed and that's it. But when I come back to Europe, I like to do... As an excuse to see some things. I love it. Yeah. So you know what, it's also, it's, it's also incredible because when I was, when we were sitting there in the audience at the Moulin Rouge, the feathers, you know, the women with all the, the bows and the feathers, yeah. they, were, they were smelling. They, you could smell so many amazing fragrances that they were wearing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I can imagine some very sort of opulent, big, lousy fragrances. We were actually free row, so you could actually smell the fragrances of all these beautiful, sexy dancers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. I'd like to be there. So take me back then. So you, you were interested in dance. How did you get involved in, in the fragrance world? I mean, we could talk about Goldfield and Banks in, in a sec, but what, what was your sort of trajectory into, into this? I was very interested in fashion. Um, so I really wanted to work in fashion and I, I did some studies and I studied plastic arts and I wasn't really good at school. I didn't, I didn't you know like school. I didn't like school at all. Like I, I had an, I don't know, I had a trauma of going to school and, and all of that. So anyway, so I, I, as a young, as a young man, I thought about my future and, um, I thought, well, what am I, what am I going to do if I don't like school? And if I don't want, you know, if I don't want to, to go into fashion and, and fragrance has always been my passion. And I thought, well, why don't I just do something with fragrances? And I had the opportunity. I was very young. I can't really remember how old I was, maybe 15 or 16. I, um, I had the opportunity to work as a, as a promoter or I don't know how you call that, like a, a consultant in, in like a sales. Yes. In perfumery. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sales. I mean, the weekends, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. Because all my friends were working in, in restaurants, you know, to mm. make some money. And I didn't want to work in a restaurant to make some money. I thought, well, I'm going to make my money in a different way, in a more premium way. Yeah. So, um, and that's how I ended up working as a casual Fridays and Saturdays, Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, in, um, in a big department store. And, and, and I liked it and I wanted more and I wanted to, to know more about it and I wanted yeah. to be the best in what I was doing and I wanted to, to share my, my knowledge and my, my, my expertise, even as a young boy. So that's when I thought, well, this is really something for me. And it's such a good grounding as well, isn't it? I think people who've had some experience of retail life actually having customers coming up to you and asking your advice or or seeing actually not in the kind of sales and marketing actually what people are asking for and what they like and the things that they are drawn to it's a, such a sort of golden experience isn't it because then that that stays with you in terms of being a you know a commercial perfume you know um, commercial is. brand just it is but you carry a huge responsibility because that person goes home and she bought something yeah after you have recommended it sold to yeah. her and or him and and recommended a, a, a fragrance so you carry that responsibility and and i was quite um confident that i that i was yeah i was i was i was good at it yeah i loved it yeah and then I, ever since i never left to fragrance and so did you get into fragrance yes. companies and then i had um i had an amazing opportunity i worked for seven years at ysl did you um that was in the early 90s that must have been a good chance to go there i was amazing yeah. amazing just thinking that the creator was still alive back then like he was still yes. very active in his fashion and in his fragrances and all of that yeah. whereas today all these designers are all dead yeah that's the reality so it's all pretty much marketing today but 
still, that's why I have my own brand now, so I can do whatever I want. And was your route through these companies in a sort of marketing channel or sort of creative? Sales, uh, education, marketing, mm. communication. I was really, really good at that. Merchandising and anything related to, yeah, to, to events. I did lots of events my whole career. Yeah, I've been working in this industry now for 30 years this year. Well, in 30 years. And and. Uh, well, I've obviously experienced all the different, you know, the different sectors and different sides of it. So yes. when it came to your own brand. Mm, exactly. So let's was... talk about that. So Goldfield & Banks is Australia's first luxury fragrance brand. Yes. You were living, you know, between France and Belgium. What was it that made you go to Australia? Well, I was very fortunate. For many years, I had my own company, my own consultancy company. Okay, so... And you were consulting other fragrance brands? Fragrance house, yeah, fragrance, fragrance houses. And um, so I did a lot of their events, lots of launches. I travelled around the world, which was amazing. And, you know, the most beautiful, prestigious brands that I worked with. And thanks to those brands and thanks to my, my work... I was able to travel around the world. Like I worked a lot in Asia, I worked a lot in the Middle East, you know, the United States and all of that. And then one of the brands one day asked me if I was interested in going to Sydney, flying to Sydney to host a PR launch and at the same time to host a, a training for the launch of that new fragrance. And I was like, of course I'm going to Sydney. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm there. So I didn't refuse that one. And, no. um, and I went to Sydney and... And I remember I've got a really, really good friend of mine who lives in Sydney since many years. And she said, well, if you come to Australia, you might as well stay for another four or five weeks yeah. and just explore and enjoy the beauty of the And this was the first time you'd been? It was the first time. And this year, that it will be 10 years, 10 years ago, time flies. And uh, which I did. So I flew up to Sydney and I stayed for another four or five weeks and I traveled around the country. And it's a huge country. Um, I mean, it's obvious to say, but it's massive, isn't it? You could fly for hours. I know. And I and I came, I, I, w I went there in August and I remember um, going to swim because I thought Australia, to me, was tropical. I don't know. And this whole idea, this whole fantasy of Australia, thinking that it was a very tropical country all year long. So I went swimming and people were looking at me thinking, but what's this guy doing swimming in August? And I thought, this is normal, isn't it? Anyway, so I realized that it was winter. In August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time winter. I went swimming and um, it was amazing. It was a, it was an amazing trip and, and I met my partner during that trip. Did you? Yes. In that very first trip? In that very first trip. Was that enough to sow the seeds straight away of, I'd like to be mm. here? Or, or did that happen more gradually? The thing is that I, I've been in this fragrance world for so many years and I was, I was getting closer to my 40th when I met him. And I thought, well, Dimitri, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Mm. Do you really want to stay and work in this industry? You know, working in Paris with all these fragrance houses, working, you know, traveling a lot, which I actually do today. Yeah. Travel more than yeah, yeah. Um, But back then, I mean, we, we traveled quite a bit. And I thought, well, with this new generation coming up, I could feel that there was a shift. You know, there was a lot of... You know, there was a lot of jealousy in people. Didn't we, the younger generation didn't understand why I was traveling so much for all these brands and why they would pay, you know, so much mm -hmm. money for me mm. to fly to Dubai or whatever. They, they didn't really realize what what I could bring yeah. um, to, to those companies. So I felt it was a new generation. So things were changing a bit. Changing, and so they thought, well, we want his job. Like we want that guy's yeah. role. But yeah. I was, 
I was a contractor, I was a freelancer, I had my own company. So, and then I thought, you know what, I, I don't want to work in this environment with all these young kids that are thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm, that they are better than, than me. Um, so I thought, well, you know what, why don't I just move to Australia, to the other end of the world? I, obviously, I felt very confident that my partner, that I would be and stay with my partner. We had love dearly. But then also, at the same time, during that same trip, one of the first things I did, I walked into a department store, and as I do everywhere I travel mm. in the world, I go into a department store, and I like to discover local brands. Yeah, I'm not traveling, I'm not going into a department store, let's say in Hong Kong, to find Chanel Dior. I'm going, <laughs> yeah. I want to find some some Something interesting, yeah, local brands, yeah. which I did in Australia. So I was looking for a fragrance brand. I was think, well, I thought mm. that Australia was going to be full of amazing fragrance brands because it's such a rich country when yeah. it comes to ingredients. Oh my goodness, yeah. The sandalwoods and and then the veronias and I mean there's a lot of ingredients that Australia is, is is you know exporting. So and I was very disappointed to 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 hear from this beauty advisor that there was no such thing. It didn't exist. It simply didn't exist. There was no fragrance right. that would celebrate that beauty of Australia. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe maybe there's a gap in the market because for many years people have always asked me if I wanted to create my own brand and. And I didn't want to. Why? Why creating another French brand? I mean, yeah. there's hundreds of brands. What's the point of What's difference? the point of difference? Yeah. Battling with all these French brands. And I wasn't in the mood for that. So I thought if I launch something, if I do something, it will have to be something different with a different a point of difference, like mm. you mentioned. And um, so so I came up with the idea of, of creating Goldfield and Banks, like like celebrating, you know, the extraordinary beauty of the country and its botanical richness. And yeah. And starting from scratch, like, like, yeah, because that was a massive challenge. It was a huge challenge. I'm not sure if I would do it again now. I mean, obviously, today it's a very successful yeah. story. Yeah. But the first few years were very challenging. I'm telling you. But it's funny, you know, when when you talk about the the inception of the the idea and how it came about, I mean, like you say, now you can look back and you've got, I'm looking at some of the fragrances here, you've got this hugely successful brand that works all over the world and you're still with your partner. Yes. But you you know, that's it is a giant leap, isn't it? To move continents, to move to the other side of the world. You couldn't get much further. And to set up your own brand. There's a real there's a real bravery and the real sort of pioneering yes. spirit with that, which yeah, I wonder if it's about you know, it's about finding exactly the right moment and the stars aligning. Because as you say, I mean I maybe we're I might be slightly older than you, I'm nearly fifty, but I don't know. Forty-eight. Okay, so I'm slowly off. But yeah, the, you look back and you've in, and there are moments of of, of real clarity and, and bravery. And sometimes you surprise yourself, don't you? It's like, could I do that now? Or you kind of question where you are. But thank goodness you did because I I did I did. And it seemed took a leap. And at the same time, I didn't I didn't realize how ambitious I actually was because. I wanted to create this beautiful fragrance house and I just wanted to keep it very local. I, I remember I presented it to a local distributor and then he was like, Arthur Dimitri, this is never going to work. Like, who's going to buy an Australian perfume? And I I was really, I mean, it was challenging because there was a lot of, a lot of people didn't believe in the project. Mm. But I did my market research, obviously, beforehand. Of course, I'm not going to put my money into the area that... And and Australia deserves to have this beautiful brand. That's what I thought. And today, well, twenty two percent of our business is still Australia, which is huge. That's great. So, but looking back, it was it was definitely challenging. But I was very very fortunate to 
to be surrounded by a few people, all French. My perfumer, my first perfumer was French, fifth generation perfumer from Grasse, who moved to Australia. It was in Australia ago, yes. So I found him, he was working in a, in a, in a, at a supplier of ingredients and he said, look, I've got all these natives. And so that's how I rolled into this whole native thing because it was new and untapped still today. A lot of, obviously a lot of international brands are inquiring for these Australian natives. A lot of perfume houses are telling me, Dimitri, you know, ever since you launched Gold in the Mengs, a lot of, you know, Competitors are asking yeah. for Australian natives. They've seen the success. They've seen the success and, you know, they smell, they smell the fragrances. And, um, but back then there was nothing. There was nothing. People didn't believe in it. So that, that's really interesting. And then the fact that, as you said, you did your research and there wasn't really any brands in that space in Australia. I mean, did you, did you encounter much resistance and skepticism to, to your ideas? Absolutely, absolutely. And it didn't come from our customers because from day one, local people and our customers, they embraced it from day one. So that's how we survived yeah. because we sold. Our fragrances stayed away online. But the the skepticism came mostly from buyers and, you know, because they thought, well, an Australian brand, they didn't really, you know, Australians are sometimes very backwards on, when it comes to being a bit more avant-garde. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Italy, you have Italian brands, like you have Aqua di Parma, and they yeah. celebrate this beauty of your yeah. hair. Um, so they didn't really think about all that. So it was quite hard. But now it's easier, of course, because now they see the success and now they go, like, oh, maybe we should consider that brand. And they can feel some pride in the fact that God for the basis of Australia. Now they brand. feel pride, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's, it's different. It's a different way of seeing things today. But at the same time, I'm glad I had this challenge because... I'm a very humble person, you know, I mean, mm. I don't, I don't even think about the success of the brand today. I just work, work very hard. Mm. My whole team works very hard, but it's, it's beautiful to see how we, we managed to, to convince and to seduce our, our audience and mm. customers. And now it's blooming and blossoming, you know, more and more retailers. And, yeah. and, and, and also the start was great because obviously when I knew that there was a bit of reluctance in coming from some buyers. We went overseas, like Belgium was one of my first countries and Barney's in New York was my first actual big retailer was Barney's. Wow. And they said, well, that's that brand, that's avant-garde. Yeah. Obviously, we all know Barney's shut down now, but yeah. But back then for me, it was a dream come true. Yeah. I, I actually, I pinched myself when I walked into the store and I saw my brand at Barney's. It was such an institution. And that's when I thought, you know what? I think I've got something. I'm onto something. I'm onto something. Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't come without hard work. I can no. And animation and, and passion. And in, in those intervening 10 years, and I'm, I'm looking at some of the, the fragrances here, I mean, you've been been very busy. There's, it, there's, there's been lots of additions to the collection. She is. I know. I started with four fragrances. And that's why it was funny because last night I had dinner with Harrods. And I remember um, meeting Harrods about five, six years ago. And I had my four initial fragrances. And, and they said, Dimitri, we love your brand. We'd love to have it. But you know, with four fragrances, you're not going to make a million. <laughs> so come back when you have a bigger collection. And and now it's it's amazing to see the brand doing so well at Harrods and and to see the team and and you know these are this is part of life. I mean, and it's part of the my journey. And and I'm very blessed. And you strike me as someone that is seems in common with lots of founders and people in this industry. You seem like you're someone that cares very much about team and build building your network and you, you know forming friendships through this through this world yes because it's a very small world yeah 
It's a very small world. Um, and and we like to be surrounded by the good people and by people that we like to work with and people that make your brand a success overseas, you know, in certain different countries. Um, but it's it's all about networking and it's all about, yeah. you know. But at the same time, we are far away in Australia, so... That's my only, my only little... So you build up plenty of air miles and when you... <laughs> my God, air <laughs> miles, lots of air miles and lots of sleepless nights and, and, and yeah. But we, we keep in touch with Zoom, obviously, yeah. and all that, which is, which is... And I travel, I travel a lot. Like, I, I probably come three, four times a year to yeah. help some. And so and cover off some of the major markets while you're here and just do it all at once. Yeah, doing it all in, at once. I mean, I'm trying to... Yeah. Time, but it's tiring. I'm sure. I don't realize. I'm sure. But it is. Well, listen, we'll, we'll return to talk a little bit more about Goldfield and Banks later. But part of Man in the Mirror is to ask men about some of their key, call it bathroom essentials or, you know, some of the key things on your, on your bathroom shelf. Just because I'm nosy and just because I think it can be an interesting conversation for other men to find out about your routine and, and products that you like and enjoy. So how about... Skincare for you, Dimitri, is that is that a big part of your regime? Oh, it is. It's a big part of my. What kind? What kind of products do you do you use in the morning and evening? Morning and evening, I have to. I have to. So, I mean, twice a day, obviously, I shower, but I have. I need to have my my uh, cleanser, and I'm very classic. You know, I'm very old school. Clarence, right? Clarence. Um, cleanser for my face it's like a little scrub a daily scrub yeah which i love and i've been using that for years and years and years and years my god clarence you better keep that in your collection and i love i love a sisley product yes they're good i love nukes okay yep n-u-x-e yeah beautiful french brand um i have the the cream the moisturizing rich cream that smells like orange blossoms, beautiful cream. I just love that one. Mm. And a bit of Shiseido, a bit of, yeah, a lot of Clarence. I have a lot of Clarence. Yeah, exactly. There's a face mask they have with mango extract, whatever. It smells divine. And I I, I love it. Mm. <laughs> love it. I've traveled with all these little... And you'll try different... You obviously stay fairly loyal to some of the Clarence ones, but you'll try different... Collectors and moisturizers. I do. We have mm. a beautiful brand in, I think it's a New Zealand brand. It's called Trilogy. I mean, you can find it in pharmacies, but okay. I have this cream based on rosapine or something, rosapine or something. And it's an amazing cream. I love the texture, love the smell, mm. love the result when I wake up after a boozy night. It <laughs> <laughs> look quite all right. Um, but skincare is very important yeah like I like to have my, my toothpaste it's you know Marvis oh I love Marvis which one do you have the, the, do you have the classic mint oh okay you have silver yeah. and whitening and I even bought a toothbrush recently to my oh, did you they do a really great um, it's like Earl Grey there's one of the Earl Grey tea or something which is very delicate yeah. but it's yeah, 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 yeah. and I yeah. bought I actually bought a toothpaste in Canada a couple of months ago called Le Bon it's a very premium toothpaste and it tastes very different. It's, it's, it's not based on peppermint or anything, but it's, right. it's different and it's, it looks so good in the bathroom. It's funny, it feels like, I mean, it's a separate issue, but it feels like with toothpaste, <laughs> that the, now there's starting to be some... Compliments. Yeah, some premium brands in that space where, where normally you just go in your pharmacy and spend, you know, three or four pounds or whatever. 
you're starting to see, obviously Marvis has been there for a long time, but you're starting to see, I'm seeing online anyway, some brands that are a bit more premium, whether it's about the the sort of the flavour of it or what the efficacy, but it's an in, you know, there's some interesting things going on. I think it's about hampering yourself. Yeah. Of I like to pamper myself and, and buy things that really, I don't know, that make me feel great and, mm. and also that I contribute to something different. I like to make sure that when I buy a product, it will it will often benefit you know an, an independent yes and not necessarily yeah. Nestle or L'Oreal or all these brands like I mean no that's interesting uh, there was a study recently I can't remember but, but almost everything you buy is linked to one of those big global groups and yeah. I'm like no I don't want to do that I want to still put some money in a pocket of a, a smaller and company. smaller things smaller yeah. companies like yeah. especially in Australia we have so many local local brands. Um, and 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 I, I like to try them out. Yeah, Trilogy and and Juvlik is beautiful skincare brand. And but just as long as I know it's it's all about pampering and it's all about making sure that you you buy something that where you feel good. Yeah, a little self care moment. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah. You you referenced a few times about things that smell good, for, and it's no surprise at all. Do you have um, a sort of shower gel or bath wash product that you like that's well, fragrance, are you loyal to what something there or...? or so in, in Australia, we use a lot of local products from the supermarket because they're good. They're yes. simply good. Yeah. We have a few really local things and when and, um, you look at the list of the ingredients and everything, you, you, you find out that there are some products that are very basic, mm. but very good textures with a great smell and, you know, using Australian botanicals, which I love. Yes. Um, so I think it's quite... Um, yeah, it's quite important. I mean, yeah. for me, it's, it's, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I'd much rather support these kind of smaller challenger brands that are, that where you can see it going back into the company rather than to the yes. big conglomerates. Or yes, but then there are products like, I say, my Clarence yeah. facial cream or whatever, my facial wash that is still part of a global group. But, but it's just that I love that product. I love that yeah. texture. That's it. You have a... A well-kept beard, I would say. Are you really? Oh no, it's good. Okay. It looks neat. Do you, what, what do you do in terms of keeping your beard like that? Every two days, I trim my beard myself with a, a manual razor. No, electric. Well, yes, with a manual razor, I, I just shave, and then I have to, my my razor, like integral razor. Yeah, very simple. I, I I don't spend much money on it, to be honest. Well, I think yeah. That's, Bearded guys, we kind of get away with that, can't we? I think mm -hmm. so. It's important, it's essential. And obviously, fragrance is a, a massive part of your life and, and what you do. Do you find yourself able, should you kind of, you know, test lots of competitors, you know, or, or, you, or do you try and sort of go out in Goldville mm -hmm. and Banks? What's your relationship with other well, brands? I actually thought that today, um, actually, this year, I want to spend more time discovering what other brands are doing. Because really? obviously when we are in Australia, we are working on our fragrances and we work with different perfumers. We're sort of in our bubble. So we don't really know exactly what happens overseas. So we're not influenced by the fragrances that other brands do. And the trends, some thing. of the trends. And I don't follow trends. Yeah. I'm not a trend person at yeah. all. Interesting, the whole trend thing, because it must be like music or something. You know, by the time, if you're trying to catch on to a trend and by the time you've developed it, there's probably a possibility that you you miss it and everyone's moved on to something else. So it can be, I can imagine it'd be quite a dangerous thing to say, oh, I, you know, I must do something, an, an oud or wh whatever it is, because th that development process is quite lengthy, isn't it? I know. 
But then it's also about a personal choice. Like, look, we are launching a new fragrance in, in June that is based on ginger, for example. And you know what someone said the other day? Oh, you know, ginger is very much in trend. Right. You know, it's the upcoming new ingredient in, yeah. in, in perfumery. And I thought, well, I didn't even know. I didn't it wasn't think of it. about that because yeah. it was all about my my ginger in my gardens in my house up in the tropics up north in in, in far north Queensland. Oh, so you got another you got another place further up further north. Yep. So it had nothing to do with the trends. Or I'm I'm not the guy that looks up like what's the next thing. I I create my fragrances for for the people that will wear it like that will wear them like uh, my audience. I'm not creating them because they're trendy. Or, mm. So in in this attempt to sort of look around at other brands i mean you know you don't have to sort of name all your competitors but are, are there are there things that you wear outside of the goldfield and panks world that you love still? of course i have always been an, a massive fan of serge dutens yes beautiful so good beautiful especially their classic fragrances you know the ombre sultan and the orange blossom and yeah feminité du bois is one of one of the most beautiful masterpieces in my opinion ever created in the fragrance world. Aqua di Palma, I love Aqua di Palma. Because, I do. You know, because because living in Australia, I mean, I wear Aqua di Palma and I'm and I'm and it it sort of links me to my 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 holidays when I used to travel in Europe. Yeah. Um and it's very Mediterranean and I love the Mediterranean. I think you know. I was thinking I, I yesterday I was wearing Essenza, the Aqua di Palma and I just mm. I've <laughs> said many times before on, uh, in writing on the podcast, I mean you, you can't go you can't go too far wrong. Like it's I just had this beautiful aromatic waft all day and I felt good. It's, you know, I wouldn't wear it every day, but it's definitely a, such a feel-good, oh, yeah. feel-good fragrance. No, no, There's is. a lot to be said for that. It is. And I and I wear them at specific occasions. And I even have this one fragrance. It's um, talking about reminis- being reminiscent. I, I have this um, Eau Dynamisant by Clarence. Okay. And my first girlfriend, she she wore this, like, she wore a lot of fragrances, but she she had Audina Misant. And I bought it just to smell it once in a while to be reminiscent. Yeah. When I, whenever I feel like... And when you want to think about... I want to think of, you know... That time. Mind, yeah. Paris, because she lived in Paris. Um, yeah, it's it's important to have these fragrances. I've got this little collection of fragrances and I, I don't necessarily wear them, but they're just there because they remind me of my, my previous life in yeah, Europe. In Europe. Um... What, your your role, I mean, the, the the title of it is obviously founder of the brand and, and creative director. I'm really interested in this creative director role, mm. and, and and you know, for for the listeners, it'd be great to understand what what that means because I th- I guess some some people might have the misconception that you you know, you're the perfumer and you're creating all the fragrances. What what does creative director mean, and what what do you do? I actually do all the creative work from okay. from the yeah. beginning till the end. I mean, from the concept, so coming up, the coming up, tally, yeah, uh, to the actual, yeah, to, to, to to visual packaging, merchandising. I create everything. The only thing that I cannot create, however, I make the brief, is the actual scent, is the fragrance. I'm not a perfumer. Yeah, people always get confused. You know, they call me perfumer, and I'm not a perfumer. I'm creative director, but I work very closely with my perfumes. So I, I have, have to very, very precise brief. And I know exactly when I start a new project, I know exactly 
how my fragrance will smell like. It's so you're clear in, in your very head and your nose and you just very clear. wait till you smell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I wait and, and challenge my perfumers until we get to that result. Sometimes it goes quick. Sometimes it takes maybe a year, but I, I know exactly what I want. Mm. So I think and that's also my part of creativity is to just, you know, imagine the whole fragrance. And, and I suppose there must be something about in, in that role, as you said, where you need to have that clarity and sure sightedness of I, I will know it when I I'll know it when I smell it rather than oh, yeah it might be that or that's good enough you've got an idea and you've got a, a a point in mind of yes it's this yes 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 exactly because it's all by the end of the day it, it and it always comes to a beautiful end like you know sometimes my team goes like oh Dimitri you shouldn't you shouldn't you know choose this this yellow color for your next packaging just keep it white and but it's it's a process and at the end of the day my final product is in my opinion then perfect i mean what is perfection perfection doesn't really exist but <laughs> but it all comes together you know we are working on this fragrance and sometimes we have a packaging done before we create i mean not completely done but before we actually have the, the oh, really? final yeah. fragrance yeah. um i have a clear vision of what i want yeah. when it comes to packaging when it comes to the fragrance and and all of that and and, and it all melts together and then, then the bottles are beautiful as well the new island lush is is part of this range that they've got these gorgeous sort of reflective gold bottles which are absolutely beautiful and will look so great on the on the shelf on there it's the real uh -huh. That, that, yeah, and the, the lush is the perfect word for them. There's very luxe and lush. Island lush. Well, we have two collections in, in our fragrance. We have one collection called the Native Collection, which is anything in, an, in a transparent bottle. Um, every fragrance features one, two, sometimes three, depending on the fragrance, um, Australian natives. Yep. Um, the golden bottles are part of another collection called the Botanical Series. Right. And the Botanical Series are all about um, development, um, botanical culture, about ingredients that are not necessarily native to Australia, how okay. they are being uh, harvested and they grow in a very sustainable way in Australia. So right, lavender, who would have thought that Australia has lavender? Yeah. Tasmania has the biggest lavender field in the world. This is right. um, So the quality of lavender is, is the same as the French lavender. Yeah. Um, lavender du pays. Um, however, it's, it's more pristine. It's more organic and it's, in my opinion, it's more, yeah. more pure. Right. Um, so we have those ingredients. We have agarwood now since 12 years. We have agarwood oh, okay. in the tropical um, part of, of Australia, which is very interesting with an amazing quality of, of, um, of agarwood, the most organic, the most pure oil you can imagine and passionate people that are working behind yeah. behind that, that wood. So it's, that is... Um, it's all about people, isn't it? At the end, yeah. And and the the Australian landscape and and, and ecosystem, and presumably, that's is that the thing that inspires you for new ideas, new new yes. perfumes, just yes. the world around you in Australia. Exactly, we have a lot of ingredients, a lot of natives that are often used in skincare, yeah, but not necessarily in fragrances because they they are too aromatic or too earthy or too to medicinals, mm. we have ingredients that smell too medicinals. We have to be careful when we choose um, our raw ingredients, but we do have a whole future ahead of us. There's so many beautiful ingredients that we want to incorporate in. Yeah, introduce to the world. Introduce to the world, exactly. And what's, um, you mentioned a new fragrance in 
in June. Are, are you able to say, is it is it top secret or do, is it sort of announced what it is yet? Or of oh, ginger, based on ginger, it's uh, it's by this time by an, an Australian ginger. We have so many ginger species all the way up north in the tropics, and I'm 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 in love with ginger flowers. I don't know if you've ever seen a ginger lily. No, I haven't. But we have different shapes and different colors of ginger lilies, and they are the most stunning flowers you have ever seen. Mm. They are beautiful. They are rich, bountiful. They are complex, and nobody seems to know them. Nobody, nobody knows those. They're very tropical. You could, yeah. I don't think you can actually import them in, in Europe. They would fade. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing. But I'm, I was very much inspired by this whole ginger and then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we look forward to that. Now, the name of the podcast is Man in the Mirror, and the idea is to talk to the guest about you know the, their their life and their work, but also what you see when when you look in the mirror. So I'd be really interested to meet you. You know, when when you're doing your morning you know bathroom routine how do you feel about the the man that looks back at you in the mirror now are you at a life stage where you're you're sort of comfortable and 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 happy with what looks back Um, yeah of course i am of course i am but some people aren't i'm glad i'm really glad you are well i mean it took it took many years for me to to get to that stage now where where i think i've done something good i feel we're not perfect but at least I've done something great and I've achieved something and that, that comforts me. But then I also, I'm a very anxious person, so I think about the future and I think mm. of all the things we still have to achieve and the things that we still have to do. And that grounds me again thinking, oh, Dimitri, you know, never mind. Yeah. Just, you know, keep keep going. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. And what about, what about your, your sort of actual appearance now? You know, you're in your sort of late, late 40s as, as you... Look in the mirror. Are you sort of happy with what you see? Physically, probably not. <laughs> I mean, Why I not? see myself aging, of course. Yeah. And I used to be a very big um, gym guy. I used to go to the gym. I used to run. I used to swim when I lived in Europe. And ever since I have Goldfield and Bangs, I mean, I don't, I don't do any exercise at night except from walking in the morning and going for my my little swim in the ocean in the morning in Bondar. Is the office sort of walkable from your house? It's a fifty-minute drive. Oh, okay. Basics. Um, but we do have lots of beaches where I live. So I live sort of close to Bondi mm. Beach. So, but that's, that's it. I mean, and I, and I, and then I think, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting nearly 50 and I look at my, my body and I think, oh my God, I should, I have to do something about it because I don't move that much anymore. Mm. So I'm actually happy. The whole weekend I was walking in Paris on the streets. So I walked for miles and miles. It's nice, isn't it? It's good, good for the soul, I think, getting out on your And I love to eat. Yeah, there's so much good food. Like, look, last night we went to Zuma and all this beautiful food, and I'm thinking, well, why should I, you know, say no? Limit yourself, yeah, that, exactly. Limit myself. So I thought, no, nah, I love it. Got it. And finally, Dimitri, um, what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that bring you joy? Ah, oh, I think my property up north, <laughs> yeah. sort of my haven, is sort of my your escape, my escape. I'm sad. We work very hard. When we say very hard, is basically, you know, I get up. I wake up, I check my emails because, you know, we're in contact with the US, you know, markets that are already up and running. And then literally, I mean, my last message would probably be with our brand manager in France and mm. and, and it's 11 p.m., time to go to bed. So we work really, really Is hard. your partner in the same industry? No, not at all. He's He works for an airline. Oh, okay. 
He works for an airline, but he's yeah, he works a lot. And Tra- is he traveling with an airline, or is he based? Travels here yeah. an airline, but he works a lot in our company as well. Like mm. he's yeah, his logistics and he's yeah, he helps me. Yes, thank God he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but you get your um your happiness was derived from the the tranquility of your mm. property up north, um, and and I needed I need that escape. That was the thing that was missing. I think in my life was that yeah, that little escape because. Sydney is Sydney, and I love Sydney, but it's, it's a working city at the end of the day. Um, even though we are very blessed with, you know, where we live and we have all these beautiful beaches, but it's nice to escape. Yeah. And I and I think physically and mentally, I need that. There's a recharge. Right, yeah. The more I need to get out there and, mm. and just, you know, get centered. And, and, and do you find that that place is, is good for ideas and inspirations as well? 100%. Yeah. I mean, when you're more relaxed. It's in green, it's lush. Yeah, oh, it's you know we have the most beautiful fruits in the gardens on the markets. We have the most beautiful birds. We have all these little sunbirds. We have it's another world, and it's literally it's paradise. Mm. Everyone that comes says, "Oh my God, it's absolutely paradise." Sounds idyllic. Yeah. Yeah. Then of course we're surrounded by some snakes, and we've got crocodiles <laughs> a little bit further. It's quite wild. Check your boots when you put them check on. Check your boots, exactly. Oh, I always do. It's funny, isn't it? I always check my boots, um, <laughs> my my slippers. Um, but um, but yeah, no. It's it's a it it inspires, and it's it's a project that we have in common with my partner, and we 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 we, we love it. We yeah. absolutely love it. It's a beautiful part of the world. It's just yeah. it's very remote, but it's beautiful. Oh, amazing. Well, Dimitri, thank you so much. It's been a, such a pleasure to spend some time with you this morning to hear more about the brand and what's to come. As always, I will mention the products in the program notes so people can find out about some of the things that you referred to. And of course, and there'll be more information about Goldfield and Banks and where people can find out more. So look, enjoy the rest of your stay, safe home, and I'll see you again soon. I will. I love London. Thank you so much. See you. Tech. Thank you. It's funny, isn't it, what fate and serendipity will do? I'm always struck in those conversations by the the paths that people take and the fact that Dimitri just took himself to Australia to see what was happening there and fell in love uh, and met his partner and also, you know, took this brave and bold step of thinking, you know, I want to set up a a company here and, and look how well it's doing. I think it's like 10 years on. So Goldfield and Bank's doing fantastically well and they've got some great new launches this year, including um, Island Lush that came out in January, which I heartily recommend you check out. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, such an interesting conversation. I, I had a really great time chatting to Dimitri. He was so much fun and um, I appreciate the time he spent because he was on a whistle-stop tour. Um, had a few days in London, as he was saying, and also then travelling elsewhere in Europe to see some of the other uh, retail partners and, and um, business partners of, of the brand. So it was fantastic to spend some time with him. If you want to find out more about Goldfin and Banks, um, their website is goldfieldandbanks.com that's g-o-l-d-f-i-e-l-d a-n-d banks b-a-n-k-s that's goldfield and banks with the word and dot com on instagram it's goldfield underscore and underscore banks underscore australia goldfield underscore and underscore banks underscore australia but I'm sure if you just type in Goldfield, <laughs> some good things will happen. But um, well, we're checking them out on, on Instagram and you'll see some of the 
beautiful bottles and the descriptions of some of the fragrances. I think, you know, he's he's been a real pioneer in terms of the native botanicals of Australia and, and certainly lots of other brands are now taking notice and, and following suit and heading to that part of the world to check out new raw materials and ingredients. But uh, Dimitri and Gulford and Banks were, were there first. So um, I hope you enjoyed that chat. If you want to find out more about Man in the Mirror, you can do. I'm on Instagram at Man in the Mirror Pod, and you'll find out there about the new guests that are coming up and some of the episodes that have gone before. So I heartily recommend you you have a look, and it would be amazing if you wouldn't mind leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, so that uh, more people can find me. So my thanks to Dimitri. And my thanks to you, of course, for listening. And I'll be back with another Man in the Mirror next time. Take care.